Good evening and welcome to Educationally Speaking on KVMR 89.5. This is the show that talks about everything educationally related in our Nevada County Schools. I'm your host, Scott Lay, Nevada County Superintendent of Schools, and with me as always is Kim Ewing, teacher at the Nevada City School District and the County Schools Arts Coordinator. Tonight, October 20th, we're going to be talking about the preparations that Nevada Joint Union High School District has gone through to get students back to class. Uh, you know, easier said than done from a piece of paper with the plan on to actually implementation. There is a lot of work on that. Uh, we're pleased that we have Brent McFadden, superintendent of the Nevada Joint Union High School District with us, as well as Kelly Roden, the principal of Nevada Union. Brett, welcome to the show. Hi, Scott. How Kim, are you? Thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Kelly, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm, I'm glad to have you, and I will say you both look remarkably well given I know all the hard work that has been going on for you to open school last week uh, to, to the kids. And, uh, and so we want to kind of delve into that a little bit more. So kind of just jumping right out the bat, um, you know, Brett, working with you, I know a lot of planning has gone in to get to that time. So can you give us just kind of a sense for the public of, of the planning that went in to go from the distance learning model that you started the school year with to the hybrid model that you did start with last week? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think I, what the average person, the average community member doesn't realize is, is that we've had to retool and redo or modify basically everything we do mm -hmm. on the instructional side and on the operational side. And we've had to do it in a shotgun kind of fashion under unforeseen, unpredictable circumstances. And so when you really think about it, you know, the education system has been roughly the same type of schedule going on 50, 100 years or so. And so to, to shotgun the system and our district and all the other districts in the county into this, into something that's completely unpredictable, uh, we're sort of making plans on a day-by-day -day basis on the fly that have never been done before, never been tried, um, it's, it's an enormous undertaking. And one of our colleagues, our assistant superintendent, Dan Frizzella, said last night uh, or a couple nights ago at our, at our board meeting, um, said, you know, when you're in the time of COVID, um, COVID time feels like dog years. <laughs> and so you know, what happens in a week in, in during the time of COVID is normally what we do in, say, say six months in terms of, of that. So it's, we've been flying by the seat of our pants. Right. And I would imagine that, you know, in your three biggest uh, uh, schools, the uh, Nevada Union, Bear River, and Silver Springs, each plan would be different to, to accommodate that campus, uh, you know, the, how it's set up, the procedures for coming in, coming out, and class sizes. Would that be correct in that assumption? Yeah, you have basic similarities in terms of your rough schedule, but uh, there are unique differences to each school because each school has different constituencies, um, different sizes. Uh, Kelly's uh, campus is by far the largest and is we, we, you, you would consider your average large comprehensive high school. And so Kelly's challenges are very different than that of what occurs down at Bear River. That's, um, you know, more than half the size of, of Kelly's uh, enrollment. Right. Yeah. And with that, Kelly, kind of, kind of talking about that planning that's got in. I mean, the last time you had kids on campus until last week was March 13th. Um, and at that point in time, as we've talked about a couple of times before, we were, I think, naive 
uh, in California, realizing the magnitude of, of what was about to hit us. I think we were all thinking we closed down for a couple of weeks, the whole COVID thing blows by, we're gonna open up before the end of the school year. And that realization that wasn't going to happen set in. So I can't imagine you know, the planning that took place from when you closed the doors on the 13th of March to, uh, to last week. Tell us yeah. a little bit about the, the planning you, you went through with your staff. Yeah, it's been, a, it's actually been an incredible, I will say an incredible ride. Um, there's been definitely um, some huge challenges and some difficulties along the way, but I will also say there's been a whole lot of positive as well that will actually um, has advanced us and will push us forward into the future um, at a much quicker rate than we would have ever expected especially in education. It seems like education tends to move a little bit slow um, mm -hmm. at times, but this has been um, amazing. And to see what my staff did at the end of last year, um, going into where we thought we'd be shut down for a couple weeks to, oh, guess what? Um, we're gonna be shut down a little bit longer, so let's hurry on the fly, try and uh, make some adjustments and do some things that we've never done before. Um, and I would say our from our classified staff to our teachers, to our administrators on this campus and all of our campuses and probably across the nation, the movement that was made um, and the challenges that were met, even with that quick a turnaround was pretty incredible. Um, and then knowing as we finished out the school year that this is something that's gonna continue. So we gotta do some planning this summer. And I know as an admin team and even, even our classified staff and our teachers, I don't wanna say just our admin team was working this summer because where we were challenged with how, what are we gonna do? What, what are we putting in place? What are gonna be our protocols? We were putting all those nuts and bolts together. Teachers were planning and learning about what are more things that we can do in education to help support our students at a distance. How can mm -hmm. I get better at what I do? And I know our classified staff who was working with us off and on all summer as well, planning in their positions. Well, what does this look like for us and what can we do to help support this big system and opening up? It, it's just been incredible all the way to, I would say, where we've changed our whole learning management system and learned a whole new way of grading and collecting um, information and curriculum and develop or putting out that curriculum to students, but also collecting work from students and um, all those things. It's just been a huge learning curve, but mm -hmm. the amount that's taken place has just been incredible. And I think it's not just been challenging in an education for, for us on the site level as um, school site leaders, teachers, classified staff, but also for our students and parents. They've gone through some huge, huge changes and some, a huge learning curve as well. And um, parents, where you thought education was done, here you go. I know you learned a lot along the way with us. So yeah, absolutely. Continuously learning. And I just, I commend everybody for the work that's gone into this. And it, it has, it was a huge, a huge movement. And I think it's a, for the positive as well as, yeah, there's challenges. There continues to be when you yeah. learn, something new. so um, it's been, it's been crazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I would imagine what was it like then Kelly, you know, last week when you had students returning to campus, you've got all this planning when you see, I mean, what did you see in their faces and uh, as they came back to school and were in classes, seeing their friends again, getting some sense of normality back into their lives. Right. Well, and I think that's where, when you first came on, wow, Kelly, you look pretty good for what's going on right now. <laughs> that's the energy you know that's that excitement and where is it coming from it's from those kids being back on campus I mean I know every educator every person that's involved with education 
the reason we got into it was to be with those kids. And so to see them come on campus, oh, finally, it was like, it almost feels like we just finished summer and now they're walking back on yeah. campus with that energy. Yeah. Um, yeah, what we do. And, and I have to put a shout out to our kids, our students at Nevada Union, the biggest concern was the numbers, right? So when I'm opening half my school, I still have 600 kids on campus, plus another 200 staff members. So we got 800 people on this campus, even with half my school here. So that was the nervousness around it. That's a lot of people at once. And how are the kids going to be? The kids have just been incredible. Super mature, handling mm -hmm. themselves so well, so excited, smiling Smiling eyes is what we yeah, keep saying. Yeah. You can see the face. smiles in their eyes, even, even though you can't but, see their faces. Yeah, they're, they're doing, they've kept their, their masks on. They're excited to see each other. When you're asking them, remember social distancing, some years you might get a little backlash. I'm not getting any, I mean, everybody's just been so amazing. The kids, absolutely, I'm sorry, we'll, okay. And here we go. And they're just, they're just excited to be here. I know our staff is excited to have them back. I know mm -hmm. for me, that's where my energy is coming from right now. That's they're awesome. here. And it's so cool to see them back on campus because that's what we're here for. That's great. And Brad, I know you toured, uh, you know, not only Nevada Union, but Bear River and Silver Springs and the sites you have. Did you see the same thing down at Bear River or Silver Springs, the, the students there? Yeah, you saw just a, a new energy leveled in a return and excitement by kids, excitement by staff. And there was, a, as we were talking about earlier, huge amount of anxiety going into this next this new mm -hmm. model that we launched on October 12th. Um, but that, that is beginning to subside. And we've talked to other districts too that have gone to the hybrid model and, and norm it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work on teachers, um, no doubt. But after a few weeks, you kind of get into your routine um, with that. So, I mean, I don't, I don't want to paint the picture that all is, all is well. Um, I think what the hybrid, going to the hybrid model symbolizes is, is that hopefully this is the beginning of, uh, of a return back to a, a more normal structure. We still have a long way to go in this pandemic and how schools operate and interrelate um, within the pandemic. Um, and so I'm optimistic that hybrid was a step in the right direction. But I think the listeners also need to know that, you know, I, I don't think we should um, uh, candy coat the fact that we're still in triage education at this mm -hmm. point in time, and it's yeah. still not optimal for kids. Yeah. Um, and our, you know, our staff and our teachers are doing everything they can, but what, what we know what is optimal for kids. And I've come to the conclusion that um, when you're in a compulsory education environment, the best thing for kids is to be on campuses and have a wide array of, of, of services offered to them. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, until we get back to that, um, I still think we'll be dealing with issues associated with learning loss and uh, mental health issues associated to, with the, the long-term effects of this pandemic it's going to have on our kids and our families and perhaps our community. Yeah, I would agree with that. It is, yeah, we're, we're doing, you know, we're doing a much better job than in what we did with spring. We've learned a lot, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not optimal. We know kids need to be there. Um, Maybe you could talk to us, Kelly, what does it look like at Nevada Union? Kind of the people are wondering and, you know, protocols, procedures, when they check in, everybody's worried, safety, safety. What, what happens, you know, when the students or staff arrive? You can kind of give us a brief synopsis of that. Right. So we do have um, signage everywhere. We have arrows on the ground that, 
to hopefully help with the social distancing for students to follow. So directional arrows, we have signage for masks. Everybody's um, being greeted at the door. Um, there's hand sanitizers at the door. But then when students enter, if they've forgotten a mask, there are people, we have our campus security, we have um, a symptom checker at the front door, we have um, administrators in all of our entry points that are handing out masks if somebody, and usually it's just a kid forgot their mask, whatever it might be. So we're handing out masks and making sure that they're um, doing those things. We are asking that families do symptom checking at home. Okay, so that's how they're handling it there. Yeah, because that would be a lot of, of checking boy when they came if they weren't doing it at home. Yeah, we are relying on families to do those symptom checks. The symptom check is, is on all of our websites and the district site so that families can just quickly look at that with their kids on a daily basis. And yes, we're good. If they have any of those symptoms, we are asking that they, they keep their student at home. The students mm -hmm. can still zoom into their classes, which is awesome, but um, we are we are trying to be very cautious about those kids that have symptoms. We want them to stay at home. Um, and I, I've been joking with families that call in, and, and I can say it here. Um, it's a new world when you call in, and it used to be, as a parent, you feel guilty when you call in and your kid's out sick, or simply they need a mental health day, or mm -hmm. we have a family function and we just have to go out of town. We're asking families to be really honest about that. And no one's going to, no one's going to um, be all over you because you're taking your kid out of school because, you know, you're going to visit grandparents or whatever it might be. What the problem is now because of this pandemic, if you call in sick, now you're going to get a follow-up phone call. Yeah. Do you have any of these symptoms? Is it a possibility that you might have coronavirus? Right. We've got to look at tracing um, any students that you might have been in contact when you were at school yesterday or any other kids that might have been impacted by your um, son or daughter being out. So don't be surprised when all schools in the county give you a call back and or ask you right there, if, if your son or daughter is sick, why or do they have these symptoms? And we run through those things because we are trying to keep everybody safe and we kind of need to know. So I'm telling parents, if you truly, because I do recognize, especially a lot of times high school kids need a mental health day. Yeah. That's what I'm calling it. They're a mental health day. Um, but when, as soon as you say sick, it's going to create a different reaction. Yeah, yeah. It creates a whole chain of events, doesn't it? Absolutely. We do yeah. also do a symptom check for the teacher's first period. Mm -hmm. It's on their Chromebook or they can do it on their phone. And it's a quick, yes, I did my symptom checks at home. They show their teacher a quick green X. We're all good. The teacher allows them to come into the classroom and we're good. If it comes sure. up with a red X, that means we got to send them to the nurse's office with a note because they might be experiencing some symptoms. Right. So right. there are a lot of protocols. Set of, yeah. It is for safety. It is. It is for safety. A new way to start the day. Yep. I'm going to do a quick station identification. You're listening to KVMR 89.5, and this is Educationally Speaking. Our guests this evening are Kelly Roden, principal at Nevada Union High School, and Brett McFadden, the superintendent of the Nevada Joint Union High School District. And it is that time where I'm going to hand this over to my co-host, Kim, to take it from here. Kim. Thank you, Scott. Um, well, so Kelly and, and Brett, um, can you – I know that with schools changing and everything – hybrid and now you're back into the school. Can you give us an example of the equipment that ha was needed to make this happen for your for your teachers and staff? Yeah, certainly can we can we can do that. Um, uh, it was a it was a 
her, I'm trying to look, her lengthy, I can't, I can't say the word, huge, huge um, uh, undertaking. So equipment included, you know, just protect, personal protective equipment, masks, uh, sanitation devices, hand sanitizer. But then it also required um, uh, directional arrows, protocols and kind of ingress, egress. Um, it required moving furniture and reconfiguring rooms. Also required at times, you know, uh, installing plexiglass or other safety measures that were in, in place. And we really had to, you know, our schools are designed for having, you know, 1,500 uh, to 700 to 2,000 students, you know, on a, on a particular campus. And they're designed in a way that students will congregate and, and with staff, and they will congregate together to retool our, 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 um, our facilities and such, and then to, to basically say to our staff and our students, okay, we need you six feet apart now, uh, wearing a mask every day, and we need you to walk in a particular direction and exit in a particular direction. That was a huge undertaking and a completely different paradigm shift. It had been, you know, never been done before in the history of public education. Right. Uh, Kelly can go into, into greater detail on some of the specifics at, at Nevada Union. So it's all those things, but you also have to look at, we looked a lot at our air filtration system. It right. Failed where we started looking at filters and we, um, luckily we were already on a bond project where we were replacing a lot of those systems. So that was awesome. Um, but what happens with some of those systems that didn't get upgraded and putting um, filtration systems within the classrooms, air purifiers in some cases, um, but then also, I think the other piece that's really important is looking at some of our CTE classes, our career technical education courses, right. our, um, our, you know, classes where there's a lot of hands-on work. I mean, we did a ton of work with um, our sports medicine class. How are we going to do taping now? Um, and the teacher just got super creative with PVC pipe, and this is an ankle, and we put different things together, and um, using gloves for some in some cases um, and and how can we still give the kids um, the, the tools that they need to be successful and to learn the skills that they need to learn but still keep them safe and socially distanced and so many things that we do especially um, at you know our larger traditional schools it's all about culture and spirit and fun and go to the games and celebrate <laughs> A lot of that stuff has changed, but we still want to do as much as we can to make kids feel welcomed and invited and give them the skills that they need. So um, our performing and fine arts classes with choir and band and moving them to outdoors and looking at different style masks and even masks for band equipment. It's just been really interesting um, to kind of think about all those different programs that we offer and how can we support the kids so they still learn, they still get the tools, they still are able to learn um, the skills, but in a safe way has been really, really challenging and interesting every time you turn around, oh, didn't think about that class. So Right, and I think, I think you're right, um, Kelly, that every teacher is sort of saying, how can I adapt what I teach in a different way in almost every aspect of a teacher? Absolutely. Um, pretty powerful stuff. That leads me to my next question because what I love, Kelly, is that you and Brett both said there's been some silver linings to this new way, and that is the educational leaping 
of whether it's technology or digital platforms. Can you think of any creative educational delivery methods that your teachers have done that our listeners can hear about? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Kelly. Let's yeah, narrow down on, on Nevada Union. Okay, so so and I think I mentioned some with our sports medicine class creating what looked like elbows out of PVC pipe. So now kids can come pick up the equipment and take it home and even continue practicing with or without another person, which is what we were kind of in tune to before. Right. Um, our, our, even our PE classes are doing a lot more online work and teaching kids how to use your phones and how to use a watch to monitor your progress and different events and you're learning more about heart rate and um, health and fitness and all those things in a different way where it's very specific to the student and setting goals for themselves has been really cool. Um, we have our art teacher who now is doing individual um, talks with students through plexiglass with a speaker that goes underneath the plexiglass so they can do evaluations together. And oh, cool. it's just really interesting to see the kids be able to get that close to their teacher and really get some really positive feedback. Um, and and corrective feedback from them uh, without, from a distance, pointing out and saying those things. So teachers have been super creative in different ways in which they're running their, their classrooms um, on Zoom and doing breakout rooms with kids so that they get that um, on Zoom meetings where they get these small group interactions um, still, even though they're not in a classroom. Um, nice. And then being able to do that even with the kids in the classroom now. I love that. Um, it's really fun to watch. So you've got kids in a classroom and a computer sitting on a desk. And those kids are the kids that are still at home, for whatever reason, they're still at home. There's all kinds of reasons. They're still engaged with their class. So that it's been it's been really fun to watch. The, and it's, you know, we're still just a week in and things I are know. still developing and learning and um, trying to get them into staff meetings where they can talk about the different things that are happening across campus because they can learn. You, teachers learn from each other on the fly all the time. There's so many great ideas out there. So true, they do, huh? What about, yeah, anything incredible. else for Brett? Yeah, I think we're seeing a lot of innovation. We're seeing, um, uh, I think there are silver linings uh, out there. Um, but again, maybe it's my mood today, but I come back to the, to the, to the, you know, to the core issue of, yes, we will find silver linings and, and we will, we will leverage those to the full extent possible. But I think, um, you know, I, I think we all collectively in our community need to know and, and recognize that this, this pandemic will have profound effects on our students and our families uh, for many years to come uh, with that. And that to the, as, as soon as we can get our students to have as maximum or as, as, as high a percentage of in-person instruction as we can get, uh, the better off we will be. And I unfortunately, I don't see that happening, you know, too soon with that. And so um, we'll be in a constant challenge of trying to address learning loss um, and the social emotional issues that coincide with um, students not being able to be on campus and having that um, human interaction as well as exposure to all of the various extracurricular and, and other activities as well as services. Right. And that was actually something um, as mental health goes, you know, kids, a lot of high school kids are very into clubs and sports and 
theatrical productions. And so that was my next question. Is there any discussion about like how the clubs are going to work or how the sports or any theatrical productions or how are yeah. they going to turn out? So I can speak to that a little bit, at least at Nevada Union, when we talk about theatrical productions and those kinds of things, the challenging part right now for, for our, if you think about a band, um, it takes the whole band. And right now you're only getting half of them at a time. Yeah. They have to be socially distanced. Um, so it creates these challenges of when you're trying to put a whole musical ensemble together, um, and you only have half your people there, and it depends on which half is it, you know, you may be missing all your horns, who knows, you know, and you've got all this other group and how do we, how do we practice um, to make, so that we could put on a performance. Choir would be the same way. Right. All those different, you know, groups in the choir that make up that main sound and when you don't have them all there at the same time, it creates a real challenge. And so, and, and those are the things that our teachers and, and I would say that's in everything. I mean, you, you can talk about clubs. Our sports are going a little bit, but again, we're not running a full team together at the same time. So trying to get all those pieces connected. I mean, you talk about a team sport, it takes the whole team. And you're missing like, I'm in a group of 10, and you're missing the whole, the yeah. whole other half of your group. It, it's really, really challenging. Um, and to make it feel normal for kids, um, the coaches – our teachers, our advisors are doing the best that they can, but that definitely creates those challenges. Um, our clubs, which are usually very vibrant and we've got club activities going on. Um, how do you get the message out? It's challenging to get the message out to kids. We have our club going, zoom into this meeting. Right. Get used to that in person. And when they're here on campus and you can connect them um, you know, physically it works. When they have to jump on a Zoom, one more Zoom meeting for everybody right now sounds like, mm, don't really want to do that. And they don't feel like they're necessarily getting as much done. So it's a little bit challenging. I will say it's happening yeah. and we're getting there and there's some positive stuff that's occurring to try and make that happen. But it's, is it happening at the same level? Absolutely not. It, it won't be until we can open up fully. Um, and those are definitely the challenges that Brett is referring to because they it's there and it and it definitely hurts a lot of those programs that are typically this large group um, right. environment those are for real issues and I don't know the answers and so you know we're kind of running out of time but one thing I wanted to ask you is maybe we'll have you guys back after, you know, January, February, and maybe the question then will be what's next, you know, maybe things will start slow incrementally safely, and then maybe something, hopefully um, things will develop. But um, do you guys have any last words that you want to share out to the listeners? I know they are so excited. You guys are back at school with the kids that can, would you guys like to share anything else um, to our listeners? We're just um, happy to have our students back. It's an honor to serve this community. This is an incredible community. They've been partners with us. Um, uh, and um, while we have enormous challenges, I'm incredibly optimistic um, that, you know, we're going to get through this and we're going to be stronger at the end of it. And, um, you know, in partnership with our organizations and county office and, and such, um, you know, we're going to serve our students and our families uh, to the very best and creative ways that we can. So um, this is challenging, this is hard, but we're going to get through this. And um, it's because of our great staff and leaders like Kelly and, and 
and such. Um, I've been very blessed that I have an incredible leadership team and incredible uh, cadre of, of teachers and classified staff that are doing the work day in and day out because uh, they care deeply for this community and care deeply for our students. Indeed, yeah. Well, we wish you guys well. Thank you so much, Kelly and Brett, for being here. And Scott and I say thank you. We wish you the best during these first few weeks. And we're all standing behind all of us. So thank you guys. Good night. And thank you for listening to Educationally Speaking. Good night.